This week, we reached a little milestone in our daily newsletter of the Bourse Business, issue 1700 of Exchange Invest, which coincided with the year Protestant Western Europe adopted the Gregorian calendar, albeit England opted to hold back control until 1752, when it too moved from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. 1700 feels like quite a milestone for Exchange Invest Daily, our newsletter of the Bourse Business. If you look at history, 1700 AD left us on the cusp of the early Industrial Revolution and a great leap forward in all forms of recognisable modernity. EI will endeavour to integrate that historic momentum with our own progress. And so to the weekend bourses where the headlines include LSE and BME results, the European Banking Federation goes pro-business on Brexit, hooray, TMX falls over, as it seems to be doing once every two years these days, while the London Stock Exchange decries the idea of selling assets so they can do the refinitive deal. Aquas Purchase, next exchange, approved by the FCA. And indeed, there's much more, including Seth Merrin handing over the CEO reins at Liquidnet and Nasdaq penning a great message promoting the parish. Boca has been cancelled after an apparent delegate outflow, as have other parish events. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast with me, Patrick L. Young. And so to those results, the London Stock Exchange, impressive numbers coming in in the course of the last week. And indeed, they decried the concept that they were ready to sell assets in order to get the refinitive deal across the line, despite a story to the contrary in the Times of London. And indeed, of course, those many bidders circling like sharks in the water, such as Deutsche Börse and indeed Euronext, if by any chance European Union antitrust should be able to shake Borsa Milano out of the London Stock Exchange Group. Aquas Exchange, the FCA, the UK regulator, have approved their acquisition of the Nex Exchange, formerly owned by CME and of course part of the Michael Spencer Nex Empire. The SME listing bourse and trading market is now going to be incorporated into the Aquas Group, which gives it a headline European Stock Exchange license, and it's going to be renamed the Aquas Stock Exchange as a group. That's great news for Aquas, who are probably pleasantly surprised. The FCA didn't take longer to approve the deal, which helps further transform Alistair Haynes' fast-developing platform. BME, they reported Spanish exchange results and net profit of €122.8 million in 2019. Meanwhile, the TMX, they've agreed some share buyback. And for those of you who love the whole concept about, well, investing over the very, very, very long term and can manage to live, well, essentially longer than the longest humans have managed so far. Interesting news. The four best performing stock markets since 1900, Australia, the US, South Africa and New Zealand. In terms of new markets, well, at least one demutualized market this week. Nigeria is going to be joining the public company fray as oft touted in this podcast and indeed the daily pixels of Exchange Invest News. 
Finally, the Nigerian Stock Exchange via court order is demutualized and is soon going to be listed on its own exchange. Meanwhile, interesting to see, China have launched a registration system for bond sales. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Boris bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. In crypto land, some interesting nuggets. Local Bitcoin's weekly volume has dropped to the lowest level since 2013. Very interesting. Does it mean that the exchanges are finally proving fungibly acceptable all round? Well, at the same time, it has to be said that Binance has been undergoing, similar to TMX, multiple technical problems. Once again this week, the system fell over, resulting in apparently a little bit of a spat between various of the CryptoKitty exchange CEOs. Extolling the virtues of the industry this week was Adina Friedman and the Nasdaq team. Capital is part of the coronavirus cure. An excellent opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. Very, very welcome indeed. It notes what finance can do in these and other circumstances and emphasises the robustness of markets such as Nasdaq during busy times. And indeed, while we may highlight the fact that TMX and Robin Hood were the people whose technology fell over during the course of the week, well done all round by the parish. We've had spectacular volumes and one must applaud the excellent work of the many exchanges that are being powered by Nasdaq, the London Stock Exchange, Intercontinental Exchange, the Hong Kong Exchange, SIBO, indeed the CME, and many, many others, all of whom have provided 100% uptime during what was a spectacularly volatile, high-volume week in markets. Still on the coronavirus, in case you missed it, the biggest victim of this pandemic so far may yet prove to be the credibility of the Federal Reserve System. Given their long-standing viewpoint of quasi-contempt, where it has to be said quasi is a polite word for utter, towards sensible monetary policy via their contemptuously wackily insane insouciance of the Well, it has to be said, some might say arrogant nutters who've been entrusted with the sanctuary of money masquerading as central bankers. They produced a half-point interest rate cut, which is, of course, in contemporary terms, huge. Actually, as fractions of nothing are surely nothing, at least in my old-school maths, which is probably no longer relevant in the woke world of BC maths, their 50 basis point rate cut was rapidly shrugged off by markets. And perhaps that means that coronavirus is drawing a realisation that it is dawning that the last decade or so was one of weird misvaluation brought on by very, very funny money from central banks indeed. Bidders for assets may be worth considering scrap value and trying to work out where on the scale everything is now capable of being sold. Or, as Philander Chase Johnson memorably mused in Mad Magazine, cheer up, the worst is yet to come. True, I expect a bounce is coming, but as a long-term investment position, I must admit to being increasingly a fan of fetal. Of course, coronavirus has ripped through industry meetings. IHS Market led the way. They cancelled Cheer a Week. The African Stock Exchanges Association, they postponed their ninth Building African Financial Markets Seminar. 
Then at that point in time, after we'd started musing on just whether or not the good folks of the FIA could manage to keep their event going, we heard news that Boca had been cancelled, and then subsequently trailing the field, IOMA, the World Federation of Exchanges, micro-niche event that was going to take place in Malta at the end of March, has also been cancelled as a result of COVID-19 concerns. Indeed, it was interesting because with Boca biting the dust, there had been, well, essentially a series of quarantine moves by the FIA as they desperately tried to keep the annual festival of Art Deco indulgence of the massive Boca Raton Resort going for another year, this being its 45th event. Thus, quarantining had been offered, leaving, well, several worrying questions. It seems that people who came from generally China were not going to be there, as were many other people from Southeast Asia. Indeed, ultimately, Northern Italy was going to be quarantined too, leading us to deep concerns. Was the parish's leading one-woman brand, Antonella, also going to be excluded amongst those Northern Italians? Ultimately, cancellations had exploded around the FIA resort, and therefore Boca 2020 was tragically doomed. A real shame for the organising team of the FIA. Elsewhere, finally, the LSEG, they cancelled their Romanian Capital Markets Conference for this month too. I suppose at least the good thing is, after a bracing week, at least the one good thing for the FIA's CEO, Walt Lucan, is he can console himself with the fact he isn't Mike Bloomberg. Over in coronavirus land still, various offers have been put out by auditing and accounting bodies throughout the world, but it looks as if actually, despite being offered some delays, for instance in Hong Kong, they're expecting something like over 80% of listed companies to be able to post their earning results by the expected March 31st deadline without seeking an extension. Very good news for HKEX that the companies are so well organised. Similarly, the UK and the USA are also looking at attempts to try and manage to mitigate the risks relating to the possibilities of filing in a time of COVID-19. Ultimately, in people news, biggest news of the week, Seth Merrin, the founder, the chairman and the CEO of LiquidNet, is going to relinquish the post of CEO. He's stepping away and giving that position to Brian Conroy, who joined the company just over a year ago. It'll be interesting to see. I wish Seth every success in the future. But can he successfully stay away from effectively running the company that he himself gave birth to? It'll be interesting to see. Meanwhile, in India, the SEBI chief, AJ Tiagi, has got a six-month extension to his contract. It'll be interesting to see what goes on subsequently and whether that is possibly further extended, as many people have been suggesting. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. And that brings us elegantly to the nexus of Brexit and regulation. Britain wants binding obligations on access to the EU financial market, as the sabre-rattling goes on between the UK and the EU. Has to be said, I'm not really sure the EU does binding, but this is at least a coherent demand in a weekend where some of the latest wackier thoughts going around in the negotiating vein were when a group of French people wanted the body of the exiled King Louis-Philippe I, or Napoleon III as he might have been better known, returned from the UK where he died in exile nearly 200 years ago. Ultimately, eyeing access, Britain has also said it is not going to seek to undercut EU financial rules. Does that ultimately cut the UK's opportunities to make free trade deals and better markets the world over? It will be interesting. 
interesting to see. But clearly, behind closed doors, the finance industry is screaming blue murder at the idea that it's not being listened to as much as it used to be under, say, the Gordon Brown administration, where bailouts for banks were a matter of forethought. Ultimately, talking about banks, very interesting. Best intervention in the Brexit post-trade negotiations. This week, the European Banking Federation, the umbrella group for 32 national banking lobbies and some 3,500 lenders across the EU and indeed beyond, are planning to ask Brussels to ensure that trading and banking services flow smoothly in both directions across the Channel, echoing appeals from the City of London. The EBF is to be firmly applauded for their coherently pro-business and indeed pro-prosperity and, it has to be said, this is pro-EU approach to making the world a better place and ignoring the petty politics of pygmies determined to make a stand which, to use a Belfast phrase, cuts off their noses to spite their faces. We are now beyond the politics of Brexit, or at least we ought to be. Now we need to make the new era work, and the European Banking Federation are to be applauded for their mature perspective. To which end, of course, the city's fathers have been panicking about the fact that UK finance could be eclipsed by cars in a US trade deal, as was, for example, a Reuters headline this week. The city's fathers truly brought this upon themselves and the markets of London with their narrow-minded Ramoner and indeed general Moner behaviour ever since the banks were ludicrously bailed out 10 or 11 years ago. Their abject failure to see ahead of the curve has ultimately led to the situation where finance does seem to be somewhat of an afterthought in a trade deal. To that end, an excellent op-ed this week in the City AM newspaper was The City Must Stop Complaining and Start Talking About the Opportunities of Brexit. Truly a topic I can relate to, being, well, it has to be said, no other word for it, right about Brexit, i.e. noting it was a plausible outcome many years out and further noting it had to be executed post-referendum. Those things have been frankly expensive. A lot of people have worked hard to keep Exchange Invest and my other ventures out of their spending pattern in recent years for purely political and, one might say, spiteful and narrow-minded motives. That is, to put it mildly, a disappointing display of their, for want of a better term, character. At the same time, a lot of EI readers are passionately pro-EU and have been deeply upset by the Brexit process. That is entirely understandable and I appreciate the robust dialogue we have enjoyed on the future of the EU which I hope the EU can manage to succeed in a post-Brexit environment. And I appreciate that we have maturely agreed to differ in place, my Europhile friends and I, but at least the arguments have been laid out and not hidden, like some sadly tarnished legacy media, which have either proven to be entirely Ramoner or simply denialist about the brave new world. On the macro, I appreciate Exchange Invest often has harsh words for underperformers. It came as a culture shock to the Bourse business, which was used to sycophantic media for all too long when this newsletter appeared and offered opinion without fear or favour. That has upset some. A few are still mega huffy. Hashtag their loss. But the truth is, we want to say positives. We want to say positives about the EU, about the UK and about the markets throughout the world. Covering up for failure does not improve the Bourse breed. To which end, this article, The City Must Stop Complaining and Start Talking About the Opportunities for Brexit, and indeed the EBF's intervention, hits a raw nerve. The City of London's grandees have frequently been scintillatingly out of touch with the Brexit zeitgeist. And indeed, if I could predict that Brexit was highly plausible from thousands of miles away, it ought not to have been difficult for those with fully staffed information flows, whereas the City Fathers themselves made a rare political declaration, dumbly in my humble opinion. 
Right now, the city of London's financial leaders need to get behind Brexit. It's time to go beyond the Remain or worse still, Ramon labels and just get on with business. A strong Britain, a solid London financial centre is good for Britain, it's good for the EU and it's good for the world. We need to get beyond silly win-lose binaries. The future can be prosperous for all parties in and out of the EU anywhere in the world. This isn't a high-handed call for prodigal son Repo. It's a pragmatic call that it's time to win the prosperity of a new era for us all. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call a halt to our weekly review podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been the Exchange Invest Weekly with me, Patrick L. Young. We will be back next week, by which stage we'll have reached, wow, the dizzying number, I do believe, 36 in our podcast series. This has been issue 35 of the Exchange Invest Weekly podcast with me, Patrick L. Young, wishing you a great week in, albeit volatile markets. Thanks for listening. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.